Welcome to the Muckle Teal Football Show. My name is Miles. A wild and wonderful week two in the NFL. Sunday Night Football, Miami Dolphins defeat the New England Patriots 24-17. to An interesting battle. Bill Belichick, the old. Mike McDaniels, the new. The Patriots said, Dolphins, go ahead and run the ball. <laughs> At least early in the game there. You're not beating us through the air. Tua had 466 yards last week. Tyreek Hill, just the crazy game. Run the ball. And the Dolphins ran the ball. Raheem Mostert, 18 carries, 121 yards. They ran the ball successfully. And because of it, they could not get away from the Patriots. Even though the Patriots' offense struggled the whole first half, the Dolphins couldn't pull away. Because they were successfully running the ball. That tells you something. That tells you something. Um, but what I what I do like is Mike McDaniels, and I forgot to bring this up um, because he did this last week versus the Chargers as well. Really aggressive at the end of the half as he was last week. Doesn't matter if you're getting the ball back. Doesn't matter if you're kicking off. There is now an opportunity for points. That should not be squandered. Just because positive plays can lead to negative plays doesn't mean you should squander these end of the first half opportunities. There's like 27 seconds last week. This week, it was like, get the ball under two minutes, getting the kickoff from, from, a, from a Patriots field goal, and you're, you're, you're up seven. And Bill Cower on CBS would tell you, take the points, jog into the locker room like a man's man, right? Take the lead. But if you have a competent passing game, you're actually passing the buck. You, you as the coach are removing the risk from yourself at the expense of the team's possibility to have more points. So I love that he, they did that drive, the Dolphins did, and got the touchdown at the end of it there. Tyreek Hill scored the, the touchdown. They were going up, up 17-3 at halftime. Tyreek Hill's 79th career touchdown. And maybe it's maybe it's because it's my NFL origin story. You know, I was studying the the nineteen ninety four almanac as a as an eight year old boy. You know, especially the all time touchdown leaderboards back then. For whatever reason, the first very first year I got into football, the all time leaderboards were Jim Brown one twenty six, Walter Payton one twenty five, Jerry Rice one twenty four. Before Jerry Rice took it over and now has had the the record my entire life. Uh, but the all-time career touchdown, all the leaderboards, they fascinate me. And this is an interesting time for it. The reason I brought up Tyreek Hill getting his 79th touchdown, because right now, start at the start of the 2023 NFL season, the top 46 NFL touchdown scorers of all time on the career leaderboards are all retired. The top 46 and Tyreek Hill's now got 79. He goes above Eddie George and Frank Givert. He's tied for 70th all-time. We had some movement the rest of the day here, too. Devonta Adams scored. Mike Evans scored. Derek, en Derek Henry scored. Adams up to 42nd. Mike Evans up to 55th. Derek Henry up to 63rd. I just I find it interesting. You know, which one of these guys is going to 
creep up out of the 70s and 80s and creep up over LaShawn McCoy, up over Steve Smith Sr., over Corey Dillon, Thurman Thomas, and into the 90s, 90 total touchdowns where things start to get very exclusive, very fast. Travis Kelsey got up to 73 this week. Ezekiel Elliott's at 80. Who's going to put together this unexpected late career surge and be one of those big, big names up top in the all-time leaderboards? I don't know. But yeah, good thing McDaniels was aggressive (laughs) at the end of half. Got Tyreek Hill that 79th touchdown because the second half Dolphins couldn't get anything going. I mean, they seemed like they were still in control of the game, but it wasn't translating to the scoreboard. The Patriots were just being pushed around, um, I guess, except for a blocked field goal, which was an interesting blocked field goal where they had a guy like who appeared to be running from the sideline to block it, just timed up the snap. I don't know if that's going to mean teams are going to start doing that. That'll be a story of the 2023 NFL season. But um, I mean, the Patriots got the ball. They, uh, they scored a, a touchdown. And then the uh, then they got an interception, Christian Gonzalez interception, which was a deep ball to Tua or from Tua to Tyreek Hill, underthrown because most of them are underthrown. Even the touchdowns, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. That's just that's Tua. Uh, with nine minutes left, the Patriots had the ball with a chance to drive down and tie the game, and it felt like they had no business doing that. Then of course. They just couldn't. They went three and out and punted back, and that's when we got the Raheem Mostert long touchdown run. Actually, Patriots fought back again. They did a no-huddle touchdown drive. They got a couple of stops on the Dolphins, so that the Dolphins' offense wasn't really able to dominate this game. Running it well, though. <laughs> Running the ball well. <laughs> but they weren't able to just get anything. They kept giving the ball back to the Patriots. And then, of course, after what well, they got two minutes to go, So a missed field goal by the Dolphins. I would have put it two scores. Then Mac Jones has two minutes to go 65 yards and get a touchdown to tie the game. And of course, he gets to that fourth down. He hits Hunter Henry, who gets stopped short of the line to gain. He pitches it to second-year guard Cole Strange, who does the big man burrow his way through the pile to get the first down. Ah, Crowd is going nuts in New England. Replay reveals... No, he didn't get the first down. <laughs> Knee down just before. And New England home crowd for the second straight week. Crushed. I mean, you got the six Super Bowls. Give me a break. But tough week to have this happen back to back on fourth down plays. That appear to be setting up a game tying or game winning red zone chance. Be reversed on replay. I mean, the thrill in the stadium when they saw the play live is up to the max. Oh, the toe tapper last week, fourth down conversion. They got it. They're going to get a chance to tie this thing up. And then today, the offensive lineman bulldozing into the first, bold, getting a lateral and then bulldozing to a first down. Just the exuberance of that moment. And then just the anticlimactic ref announcing that actually it wasn't, it was short by just barely and the game is over. <laughs> No fun for Patriots fans, but you got six Super Bowls, so suck it. Welcome to a football show. The show is football everything. NFL history, legacy, ups and downs of a season. Subscribe, share, review on Apple, Spotify, Anchor, wherever you get your podcasts. 
We've got shows Sunday after Sunday Night Football, Monday after Monday Night Football, and Thursday after Thursday Night Football. Muckle Teal Football Show is brought to you by the Baker Mayfield Traveling Sideshow. From Cleveland to Carolina to Los Angeles and back now to Tampa Bay, the Baker Mayfield Sideshow will stiff arm, fight, claw, and then probably win you games for that sweet, sweet joy. Don't ask why he has to leave town later. Just enjoy the joy. Week two. What a week. We're going to talk about three of the games here today. The Chargers charging, the Giants avoiding the depths of despair, and a, and a great sequel to last year's Seahawks-Lions thriller. Tomorrow we'll be back for Falcons over Packers. We'll talk about the Chiefs over the Jaguars. We'll talk about the Ravens-Bengals um, matchup there. But what a week, too. I mean, there's almost too much stuff. It's just packed. Wait, Russell Wilson had a successful Hail Mary and then failed two-point conversion today. <laughs> we'll talk about a summary of his entire career. The Broncos lose to the Commanders there. But I mean, Buffalo got back on track, slaughtering the Raiders. Um, you know, the Rams gave the 49ers a fight, made them look human. Stafford's white hot flame cooled off. But um, yeah, a lot of stuff happened in week two. Felt like a good week. Week one, we kind of kind of got a little sleepy start. Now we're back. Football's back, baby. So let's let's go through these three games. Let's first talk. Titans. Chargers. The Tennessee Titans, 27. The Los Angeles Chargers, 24. Oh, Chargers. Again, with the double-digit lead. A chance to close it out. Squandered. Again, the other team forces overtime. Again, Justin Herbert and the Chargers get the ball first in overtime. And then unceremoniously punt back to the other team. And the other team kicks a field goal and wins. It, gosh, it is a tough one-two here for the Chargers. And it's the most, it's like it fits so well with the story. And that is why it is most brutal. For, I bet for the Chargers players and coaches. We saw Brandon Staley was getting super snippy in his, his post-game thing. You know, they asked him, does this have anything to do with the fact that you blew a huge lead against the Jaguars in the divisional round? Uh, he's like, no, it has nothing to do with that. Ask anybody in this locker room. It's like, okay, yeah, it's a convenient storyline for you. You know, Brandon Staley says like, oh, how dare, how dare anybody draw a connection between blowing a huge lead in January of 2023 and then blowing leads to start the season in September, 2023. How dare anyone draw a line to that? I just... I mean, thank, thankfully, there are no Chargers fans. So I don't feel bad for the fans, but I feel bad for just the players. You know, it's the Chargers are the Clippers of the NFL. Great on paper, but just never do anything. I mean, hopefully they can bounce back. They have played these teams tough. They played Miami tough. I don't know how good Tennessee is this year, but they, they had a chance to win this game. Credit to the Titans for pulling this out. Mike Vrabel, the staff, Ryan Tannehill, they avoid 0-2. If I were the Jaguars, I would not count my AFC South title eggs yet. The Titans just, they're just a well-coached football team. And they're the type of team that the Chargers struggle with. Because the Chargers are pure talent and chaos. And they just, they're screw-ups. They're the Clippers. 
I think that's my best analogy I can give it to, which works perfectly now that they're in LA. <laughs> um, yeah, credit to the Titans pulling this out. The Titans and Jaguars might have some interesting games. They don't play early this year. It seems like they always play early, doesn't it? But this year they play week 11 and then they play week 18. All right, next game, let's talk Giants Cardinals. The New York Giants defeat the Arizona Cardinals in Arizona 31 to 28 after being down 20 to 0. I mean, they saved New York Giants just returned from the dark abyss. The void with which no team would ever return. At halftime, they had 90 minutes of play of zero points. So week one, all of week one, they were blown out, shut out by the Cowboys. And now they're playing, the honestly, the odds-on favorite to be the worst team in the league, the Arizona Cardinals, and they got shut out in the first half. 90 minutes, zero points. Headlines were already flying all over the internet. Giant, Giants have been outscored 57 to 0. And then Cardinals kick a field goal. Everyone's updating their headline. Giants have been scored, outscored 60 to 0. <laughs> it's like it was the biggest social media activity that was happening. It was going to be the largest story of the day. But Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, the Giants offense, they looked different in the second half. They were making big plays. Daniel Jones with his legs. A couple of deep shots worked out. Saquon Barkley playing hard. They made the comeback to get it, to make it 28-28. to 28, And then the Giants kicked that game-winning field goal without even needing overtime. <laughs> it's the biggest comeback for the Giants since 1949. And they came back 21 from 21-point deficit. Also against the Cardinals back in 1949. Maybe great-grandpa was feeling a little nostalgic. Oh, not since the Truman administration. <laughs> but the rest of the Giants family, this is as muted of a comeback <laughs> as there could have possibly been. Like, yes, they were about to be the joke of the league had they, had they been soundly beaten by the Cardinals as it at one point appeared they were going to. So they avoided that. But surely... Some New York fans, I mean, just couldn't bring themselves to to jubilantly celebrate a 21-point comeback field goal on, like I said, the, the betting odds favorite worst team in the league, Arizona Cardinals. They, they probably weren't super pumped about that. And then Saquon Barkley suffered what appeared to be a significant injury while pointlessly setting up a field goal. Why can't a backup running back do that part. Why does it always have to be the starters? Doesn't any I, I don't get why teams risk injury to their stars when they don't have to. Like Kyle Shanahan running McCaffrey when it's way up. Like just think about what happens when these players get hurt. It's devastating. And you just don't care. They were all, the Giants were already in field goal range. And, Bar, and Barkley, I hate to blame a player for getting hurt, but he ran up the middle so hard and just so fast he put his body in the up the, the hands of the other teams he put his body in the hands of fate and now x-rays you know didn't give one of those instant fear words but we'll see i, I don't think we're gonna see him for thursday night football is as muted as a game-winning field goal comeback behind 20 could possibly be it was probably the saddest game-winning field goal capping off a 20-point comeback that there has ever been 
Congratulations, Giants fans, for what it's worth. <laughs> All right, let's talk Seahawks, Lions. Seattle Seahawks defeat the Detroit Lions 37 to 31 in the sequel thriller to last year's crazy game where the the Lions uh, beat the Seahawks 48 to 45 in week four. That was the 16th highest scoring game in NFL history. I, we got to get this. It's got to be a trilogy, right? The Seahawks lions got to meet somewhere else, whether that be in primetime next year or the playoffs somehow uh, for both. As I imagine they'll both be um, at least in somewhat contention for the NFC, but we got to get a trilogy, right? I mean, this game's so high scoring. The, the 16th highest scoring game in NFL history last year. This one was 37 to 31. You know, no, not quite the level. Tied for 432nd highest scoring game with 79 other games. <laughs> but it was still wildly entertaining. Jared Goff, Geno Smith. Imagine, it's Christmas 2016. Hearing that the worst rookie quarterback of all time, because that's what Jared Goff had been with Jeff Fisher there. It was an automatic bust. Everyone was like, oh crap, Goff really sucks. And Geno Smith, who at that point was two solid years in a backup mode, Jets declining his fifth-year option, that Goff and Geno will be the quarterbacks of a high-scoring rivalry in like seven years, that they would even still be in the league in seven years. You wouldn't have believed me. Crazy. Uh, Geno Smith had a great day, 328 yards, two touchdowns, you know, much made about the fact that he had two of his tackles gone uh and the lions formidable defensive line presumably but they held up they played well uh he, gino also got his his second hot mic meme uh moment in in two weeks last year or last week he had the uh he, he turned around for f- to see aaron donald on a sack and he went oh my god <laughs> it's like clearly on the hot mic very funny and this week as he complained about an intentional grounding call as the ref is trying to announce the call, the ref said, I'm talking to America here. <laughs> oh, great. The Lions, you know, another good game. Jared Goff, of course, as he often does with these games. I know he had like a no interception streak, but these high scoring games generally include a pick six from Jared Goff. Just pointing it out. But uh, the Lions, man, they limped through this shootout. You know, Amon's Ross St. Brown. Aiden Hutchinson both had like injury breaks on and off the field. They lost Houston. I think they lost David Montgomery. Just, uh, you know, it's a bummer. It's an unfortunate loss for the Lions too, because the hype has never been this high on the Lions. Maybe that's why they chose this moment to give Barry Sanders a statue. Calvin Johnson's there. The star players who retired out of hopelessness are coming back to Detroit. If anything says Dan Campbell has already been a success, it's that. Cool statue, though, right? Barry Sanders. I don't know what took so long. Maybe they just were acquiring the bronze slowly. I don't know what bronze costs. Um, funnily, I, I believe I was just watching. Maybe it was maybe it was a year ago, but Oklahoma State put up a Barry Sanders statue, so he was there for that statue. This is his second statue unveiling. Um, but yeah, okay. So we'll be back 
tomorrow to review the Monday Night Football games. We'll also talk Chiefs. We'll talk. We'll definitely talk Falcons over Packers. We'll talk Ravens and Bengals. We'll talk that. But we'll be back tomorrow. Good night.